With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is true news, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help us God. Today's Wednesday. January 17, 2024, I'm Rick Wiles. Newsweek.com reporting that U.S. lawmakers in Washington are demanding answers from the Department of Defense as to why it ignored signs that a scientist who got uh, funding of millions of dollars in federal research grants was for years transferring sensitive research on Advanced Artificial Intelligence to Communist China. We have this report from Newsweek. As you see the headline uh, on the screen right now, Pentagon faces questions for funding top Chinese AI scientists. Another one, Doc. Let's just we'll, let's read the, the Newsweek material, then we'll right. talk about it. Okay, well, the chairs of at least two House committees and three subcommittees uh, also asked the National Science Foundation, which is a federal government agency, and the University of California, Los Angeles, why they failed to pay attention to concerning signs over the Chinese-born scientist Song Chun Zhu in similarly worded letters sent to all three institutions on Wednesday. Now, Newsweek revealed in November of 2023 that Zhu had received over $30 million, Rick, in U.S. grants to lead research into the most advanced artificial intelligence that could have major military implications. It said U.S. federal grant providing agencies ignored numerous concerning signs while granting Mr. Zhu $30 million in grants. The chairs of the Committee on Energy and Commerce and of the Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party wrote in a letter to the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, in a period of intensifying geopolitical competition with the CCP, ceasing federal government support for Chinese AI development is critical for the national security imperative, the lawmaker said. Rick, uh, so uh, you would think in this day and age where the uh, tensions are at their highest that they've ever been with the Chinese, why would we be sending them one red cent to the red Chinese? That would be the first logical question, and the logical answer is because our top military leadership has been compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. Right. I'm convinced convinced that we have high-ranking generals at the highest levels who are paid off by China. It's just that simple. We've seen signs for years that that, uh, General Mark Milley had a fondness for the Chinese Communist Party. Why are we shocked by this? Uh, $30 million to a Chinese scientist who is connected to the China Communist Party. Who can then turn around and take the 
information and the research that he's developed that we paid him for and turn it over to the Chinese. How did he pass how did he pass uh, the, the vetting process to get the contract? How did he get through it? Was he vetted? Did somebody, anybody along the way go, hey, boss, um, the guy's connected to the China Communist Party. Oh, don't worry about that. You know, everybody's connected to the Chinese Communist Party, right? Doc, there are people inside the Pentagon that work for China. And, folks, you need to understand this, that when I don't think we're going to go to war with China. I think China has been at war with us for a long time. And what we're going to see is our military surrender to China. That's what I'm expecting. I think when China is strong enough inside the USA, our military will surrender. They will, the leadership will submit to Xi Jinping. They're doing it year after year after year. We saw it with, with COVID. Right. We, we funded COVID. We <laughs> okay, so that's what it's going to go at. Okay, so the issue about COVID, coronavirus. Some people said Chinese bioweapon deliberately released by the Chinese. Other people said <clears throat> U.S. Department of Defense bioweapon deliberately re- released <coughs> by the Pentagon right. in China. Right, at the uh, military war games back in the fall of 2019. Yeah. So take your pick. Which side do you believe? How about you merge both of them? Right. And they were working together. Right. And even before the military games, even before COVID first started popping up, supposedly in wet markets, we were funding COVID research, gain-of-function research yes. in the Wuhan lab for years prior to that. National Institute of Health. And the man signing off on it was none other than Anthony Fauci. Yes. So we've been compromised from the top. And, Doc, these stories keep popping up. I mean, we've been we've been reporting stories like this for years. And nothing happens. Nothing. Nothing. There's never a a house cleaning. Right. Nobody ever goes to prison. And in this case, the damage is already done. What 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 are the house subcommittees going to do? They're going to retrieve do? the uh, data. The re- are they going to retrieve the research, and and tell China you can't use it? We funded it. You can't use it. No, the damage is done. But if this is happening, how many other projects are the U.S. taxpayers funding, and the research is going to China, with the knowledge of high level U.S. officials? This is what happens when, when the FBI is corrupt. Yes. When the Justice Department is corrupt, when the president of the United States is corrupt, this is what happens when your military leaders are corrupt. There's nobody watching out for the best interests of the United States of America. Right. And there will come a day that our freedom is completely gone. And these guys will sign off. A surrender. When I say the Pentagon's, I'm, I'm saying there's coming a day that our leaders will just sign off on a surrender to China. Essentially, we have now. We're almost there now. When you see the influence China has on this country, none of us know how much how much control China has on the uh, Federal Reserve Bank. For all we know, they own it. 
The Federal Reserve is a privately owned bank. How do we know it wasn't sold to the Bank of China? We don't know. We don't know, do we? We really don't know. And we don't know what was used for collateral for the Federal Reserve Which could be us. Yes. You and me. Every American citizen could have been put up as collateral. We don't know. Someday we'll find out. Well, the article goes on to say that lawmakers uh, on these committees have demanded that the Pentagon give a complete documentation relating to all grants that the DOD gave, including copies of all internal communications relating to Zhu's work, as well as a detailed breakdown of his research carried out with DOD grant funding and a list of all recipients of DOD research grants who are currently living in China. Why are there any, why is there a single person in China receiving a DOD research grant? Doc, that question is so elementary. There's no answer other than we have traitors in America. The only, the only answer, if they're not traitors, they're idiots. Those are your two choices. Idiots in America giving money to, to people in foreign countries, or we have traitors. Which one? I wouldn't be funding anybody in a foreign country. Not, I don't care what country. Yeah, not the U.K., not Russia, not China, and not, not Israel. Not, yeah, Israel. not Israel and either. not China. By the way, Israel and China share a lot of research. That's true. So now uh, Newsweek had this investigation. It says it showed in 2004 that uh, Zhu set up an institute near Wuhan called the Lotus Hill Institute for Computer Vision and Information Science while he was employed at UCLA. Uh, he worked in uh, parallel there and in UCLA, sharing doctoral and postdoctoral students and also held a position at a university in Beijing that is known as one of the seven sons of national defense. And it's called that because of their designated role supporting the People's Liberation Army. So he was working at a PLA university at the same time he's working at CLA. Nobody UCLA. in the Defense Intelligence Agency figured this out. Nobody in the FBI. Nobody in the CIA. Nobody saw it. Somebody signed a check at the Department of Defense for this but, guy. But in the vetting process, nobody saw his connection to the seven sons of national defense in China. The next one, Doc, this next paragraph, the letters also noted the zoo was a member of a Chinese state talent plan. Most of these talent plans are directly funded by the Chinese government and all have the purpose of transferring breakthrough technologies and early-stage ideas and knowledge to China. Isn't that the giveaway right there? It was an active conspiracy in, in the U.S. to steal research, data, whatever they could, and bring it back to China. Doc, there's an active conspiracy in the United States among American officials yes. to deliberately transfer the research to China. It's not just that China had this conspiracy. We, we have Americans who are participating in the conspiracy to send research to China. Actively participating in it. Just like decades ago, Alan Greenspan actively worked a plan to transfer American manufacturing right. capacity to China. Where did our factories go? Back in the 70s and 80s, they went to China. Who was the mastermind? Alan, Alan Greenspan, Greenspan, who later served as chairman of the Federal Reserve. 
traitors. There's coming a day we need pitchforks and ropes. Well, while we're talking about traitors and the Chinese, uh, Zero Hedge reporting COVID-19 may have come from Chinese laboratory. Dr. Fauci's former boss says. Let's come from Dr. Michael Collins, uh, the darling of the evangelical community. He was Fauci's boss. Yes. He knows exactly where coronavirus came from because he was writing the checks. That's the man who had to sign off on the checks. And remember back in the beginning, they said it wasn't possible. It didn't happen. It had to be a wet mark. It had to have been a pangolin or somebody made stew out of a bat or something like that. But now, in closed-door testimony, he said, you know what? It, it may have come from a lab in China. So uh, Zero Hedge is reporting COVID-19 may have come from a lab in China. That's coming from Dr. Michael Collins, the former uh, head of the National Institutes of Health. Uh, he said that recently in closed-door testimony. He's still advising the Biden administration, by the way. Uh, Dr. Francis Collins, uh, the uh, NIH director until late 2021, said that the theory that COVID-19 came from a lab in Wuhan is not a conspiracy theory, but it was back in 2021, according to a U.S. House of Representatives Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic. And he participated in Fauci's scheme to label anybody who said it was from China as a conspiracy theorist. He participated in that plan. So the panel has released a summary of Dr. Collins' transcribed interview since it took place on January 12th, just a few days ago. Now, Dr. Collins, who is still President Joe Biden's science advisor, was director of the NIH from 2009 to 2021. He was Dr. Anthony Fauci's boss, as Rick mentioned, who helped craft the U.S. pandemic response. Now, Dr. Fauci, who left the government in 2022, also told members in recent closed-door testimony that the lab leak hypothesis is not a conspiracy theory, according to the subcommittee. So when did they lie? All the time. Yes. They're just liars. You and know, Michael Collins gets invited to all these different evangelical events and stuff, oh, and gets to speak and everything. I know. So they have an, a liar speaking at Christian yes. events. Yes. You, you got it, Doc. Um, all right, this next one. I, I, Since I don't we're talking it. about COVID. I'm looking at the headline. I don't know about the article, so I don't know what to say. Passages, New York Post. Passenger bites flight attendant, forces plane to return to airport. Yes. So this was a plane in Japan. This is a true news story here. I, you know, I had to throw this one in today. A flight traveling from Tokyo to the U.S. was forced to turn around Tuesday evening after a drunk passenger bit a flight attendant. It says a heavily drunk 55-year-old man on all Nippon Airways Flight 118 bit a crew member's arm. That's according to an ANA spokesman and uh, delivered to the Japan Times. A flight radar 24 shows the aircraft. You see the map there, which had 159 passengers on board, took off at uh, 9.47 p.m., and was on its way to Seattle, Washington, but was diverted back to Haneda Airport in Tokyo. And ANA spokesman said that the female flight attendant sustained minor injuries, and the Tokyo Metropolitan Police detained the unnamed American man after the plane landed in Tokyo. Okay, so, Doc, this, this article in my um, editorial viewpoint would would fit in with the UFO reports and 
Why did you throw this in here? What's the purpose of this one? Well, if there was a, a pandemic outbreak, let's say, I mean, you have a, a closed tube of people here, and you've got somebody biting people on an airplane. I mean, that, that's almost uh, uh, harkens back to zom- all the zombie movies that uh, have been out there over the a past bite 20 flight. Years. Yeah, a bite flight. I like that. That's good. <laughs> well, boy, that would be a movie, wouldn't it? Uh, a rabbit zombie on a plane goes through the plane biting people. And you can't get out of the plane. Right. So are you implying that maybe he was infected with something? We, uh, well, we don't know, do we? And he could have been. That's, that's the, the thing. He could have been. Well, what would you have done about it? If the plane landed, would they disembark all the passengers if he had been infected with something? They're not going to let people off that plane if he was genuinely infected. Do you know if anything like that to. happened? Well, we don't know. <laughs> All right, we'll but watch. this was a, you had to have this story in today, especially when we're talking about the cover-ups on COVID. If there was a genuine outbreak, Rick, would would we even know it? Would I mean would we even know it? Because now we've been uh, primed not to trust anyone about uh, any. Well, we do that's know there. that there are two major outbreaks of measles, highly contagious measles, oh, yes. in U.S. airports. Yes, they that was uh, Houston and I forget the other airport, but they uh, actually do, uh, took people off flights. Could, could it be the for, could it be the thousands of illegal immigrants the U.S. government is bringing into airports and flying them to various cities? By the way, how do they get on planes? Right, you've got to have. I, I don't know about you, Rick, but I have to show uh, my ID. I have to show my boarding pass. I have to do all this. I have to stand on one leg and hop. I have to do all this to get on to get on a plane. But but if you're an illegal immigrant, you're escorted through the airport and put on a plane with no ID. Right. No security check at all. You put on a plane and sent away. You, you're, the, the U.S. government is seeding cities, seeding various cities with illegal immigrants. And we don't know who they are. And we don't know what diseases they have or, or what they care. I mean, anytime you have immigrants coming to the U.S., they're supposed to have a, a clean bill of health. But with illegal immigrants, nah, don't worry about that. Unless you're deliberately trying to hurt the country. See, when, when, you, think it, when you think about these things from my viewpoint, my viewpoint makes it very easy to figure out what's going on. That we have people in high places in America who are deliberately sabotaging the nation. Yes. Then it's easy for me to figure out what's going on. Yeah, if you begin with that premise. It all makes sense. Yeah. Because if you try to figure it out from common sense, from... Common sense won't take you anywhere with this, will it? No, because none of this makes sense what they do. But if you, if you start with the premise that we have people in high places who are traitors to the country... Yes. And are, are attempting to bring down the United States of America, then all these weird things make sense. And so you have to come to the conclusion that we have treason at the highest levels in America. And that if we continue to allow it to continue, the country will implode and be taken over. Right. It will be taken over from within. It will not be a foreign war, an attack coming from another country. It will be, we will be conquered from within. Because that's what's happening right now in this country. Yes. 
Uh, let's talk about World War III. Financial Times says the United States to designate uh, the Houthis in Yemen as a terror group. Main thing to know on this is uh, once the United States designates somebody as a terrorist, uh, all rules of war go out the window. All, yes. all international rules of war are gone. You can do anything you want to, you want to do. Right. You, you can get to black sites. You can bury them in the desert. You, you can, can torture them. You, you can do anything. So uh, the Houthis are going to be named as terrorists, which means that the United States government will unleash the hounds of hell on the Houthis and um, – you know, they'll use every method, every tool that they can use, and um, they will explain it to the American public is, hey, they're just like ISIS. We've got to take them out. Right. It's al-Qaeda. They're coming here because they hate our freedom. And if you see a Houthi. Um, it's okay to torture them. Yes. Uh, do whatever you got to do. Cords, everything. So. Uh, Iran, this one, this happened yesterday after we did True News. Iran strikes inside Pakistan following Iranian missile attacks in Iraq and Syria. So in a 24-hour period, Iran uh, sent missiles to Iraq, Syria, and then yesterday, Pakistan, nuclear-powered, nuclear-armed Pakistan. So Islamic Iran hit Islamic Iraq, Islamic Syria— and Islamic, Islamic Pakistan. Pakistan. So World War Three is now again. It's it's expanding. You you would think that Iran would be trying to get all the Muslim nations on its side right now, but what they just did was tell the rest of the Arab world we're as crazy as what the Israelis <laughs> say we are. Isn't that what it looks like? Yes. Because if I were uh, in Israel, in the government, I would be calling every Arab leader saying, I told you they were crazy. They're going to bomb you, too. I mean, that would be the public relations game you would play. Right. So Iran attacked three Arab countries, three Islamic countries, in a, in a span of 24 hours yesterday. And the Pakistan one to Taught, caught me totally off guard because one of those regional uh, wars that you're always kind of watching out for that may happen is India and Pakistan. Never counted on Iran and Pakistan possibly headed to things. Uh, this is, uh, uh, and India is watching this as well. This is from Times of India. It says Iran attacks Pakistan and U.S. rains bombs on Houthis. Will the gates of hell? Open in the Middle East. And so this is the perspective from the, the, our uh, outlets in India right now. What they're looking on is they're seeing uh, the powder keg of the Middle East about ready to explode. Yes. So it, India suddenly has to deal with the possibility that Iran and Pakistan, which share borders, right, and, and Pakistan shares a border with India, that, that those two countries are going to go to war. Right. And that could go over into India at some and point. Pakistan is nuclear armed. Let's, uh, let's, we have a story from the Times in London, uh, Iran missile attack. Pakistan warns of serious consequences. Right. So Pakistan has condemned Iran for an illegal and unacceptable drone strike on its territory, barring the Iranian ambassador from returning and recalling its own ambassador from Tehran. So this is a big deal. 
to Pakistan. The government in Islamabad reacted furiously to state media reports that Iran had conducted unprecedented missile and drone attacks across the border into Balochistan on Tuesday, allegedly targeting bases of the militant group Jaish al-Adel. A Pakistani intelligence report said that two children were killed, a six-year-old and 11-month-old boy, and uh, as three or four explosive drones were fired from the Iranian side, hitting a mosque and other buildings, including a house. Now, Pakistan responded to Tuesday's attack by suspending all high-level diplomatic visits to Iran. It recalled its top envoy there and said that Tehran's ambassador, who is now in Iran, had been told not to return. A ministry spokeswoman can, uh, called the strikes completely unacceptable and said there would be serious consequences for a blatant breach of Pakistan's sovereignty. Now, the responsibility for the consequences will lie squarely with Iran. This is uh, Pakistan, uh, the Pakistan spokesperson saying, we have conveyed this message to the Iranian government. Now, Okay, so, Doc, uh, if, if Pakistan lives up to their uh, fighting words that there's going to be serious consequences, that doesn't mean they're going to send them a letter or they're going to remove them from their um, Christmas card list. No, they're going to I blow mean, something up. They're going to blow something up, okay? So if Pakistan sends a missile or two over to Iran, um, then Iran is going to respond by sending some missiles back to Pakistan. I mean, it's, it's obvious where this is going. And that's why the Times of India is, is saying, is the, are the gates of hell about to open? The answer to that is yes. They're about to really blow wide open in the Middle East. And they are getting it right spiritually. This is hell. <laughs> Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan wants World War III. He is the prime mover, the prime instigator for World War III. All the wars that are taking place, it's Satan. It's Satan who is instigating wars. Why? Because people die in wars. And when people die in wars, if they're not saved, they'll never be saved. It's just that simple, folks. There's a war that's been going on between Almighty God and Satan for thousands of years, and it's about the souls of mankind. Satan was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. I mean, he was kicked out of heaven. He was cast down to earth, and this thought came to his mind. This is my, my view, okay? He, he's, he was cast out of heaven. He was, he was an angel. He's cast out of heaven because of his pride. He, he was the first sinner. His sin was found in him, pride. He's cast down to earth. He's got one thing in his mind, revenge. How can he get even with God? And I believe this is when he really became the devil. Doc, when, he, when his mind formulated a plan, the way I can get revenge on God is to destroy the humans he made. Yes. Because they're made in his image and he loves them. And I will destroy the humans whom he loves. And I believe Satan began a, a war with God that, that started in the Garden of Eden by getting Adam and Eve kicked out of the garden. 
and he's been keeping men and women out of the garden for thousands of years. When I say the garden, keeping them out of communion with their maker. God the Father has one desire, that is to be reconciled with his children. Yes. He is a loving father who loves his children, and he desires to be reconciled with all of his children. And if, you, if you're not born again, if you're not a Christian, you need to know that your Heavenly Father longs, desires, thinks constantly about you, desiring to be connected to you. And he created a way for mankind to be reconciled. And that way was to send his only begotten son to earth as a human baby, born in Bethlehem, son of David, son of Abraham, born to a virgin who lived a sinless life, was crucified on a cross for our sins, raised himself from the dead, and ascended back to heaven and took his seat on the right hand of God. And is going to come again in power and glory to bring heaven, a new heaven, to a new earth where God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit will dwell with men and women who were saved in this life. That's what this is all about. All this stuff about wars and all, it's all about God trying to be reconciled to his children and Satan trying to kill them before they're reconciled. That's it. That's it. God desires to be reconciled with you and Satan desires to prevent you from being reconciled. And he's willing to kill off a billion people if he can do it. And he can do it through wars, through plagues, through pestilence, anything. Or nuclear warfare. Yes, nuclear warfare. That's what I'm saying. With nuclear war, he can kill a billion people. And if, if most of those billion people who die in a war are unsaved, they will remain unsaved for eternity. That's right. And he believes he scored points. He's hurt God. Those are souls that are lost forever. That's what this is about. It's Satan who's trying to get World War III going. It's God who's trying to stop it. God desires that. And that fits, Doc, with what we were saying yesterday. About Donald Trump? About Donald Trump. We got cut off on time. 2016, I think it was around April, the the Republican primaries were still going on. Donald Trump was... uh, it was pretty much down to just uh, Ted Cruz and Donald Trump. And I, I was walking my dog Gator. He's not with me anymore, but I was taking him for a walk in the neighborhood. And I suddenly had this uh, vision. It was a very short vision. I just saw a hand throw a doorstop, kind of like a, just a rubber doorstop. It came down between a door frame and a door. Right. A door was going shut, and this doorstop came down from somewhere above. I saw this hand come down and throw the doorstop, and the doorstop landed at the bottom, and the door could not go shut. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, Donald Trump is my doorstop. That's all I heard. That's all I saw. And so 
I contemplated, I meditated about it, prayed about it. I initially thought it means Donald Trump is preventing judgment from hitting America. But I'm now looking at it as Donald Trump is preventing world war from destroying America. The globalists, the Satanists that are in control of America's ruling class, were counting on Hillary Clinton, the queen of sorcery, to be their leader in the White House. And to go to war with Russia. And to go to war with Russia. Russia in September and October of 2016 was sending warnings. If Hillary Clinton is elected, there's going to be a nuclear war. Donald Trump won. It shocked the deep state guys. They didn't expect it. They cheated, and yet he still won. They immediately went to work to destroy him for four years. They are still trying to destroy him. Something is keeping the man afloat. It doesn't make sense, Doc. That man's had enough thrown at him to kill a normal person with stress. You would think the man would have a heart attack by now. Right, and he's he's in a courtroom again today. <laughs> there is a supernatural force propelling Donald Trump that even Donald Trump himself does not recognize. Right. I am now believing that that vision of a doorstop, that Donald Trump is a doorstop to prevent a world war that would destroy the United States of America. And so the battle is on. Are we going to have a warmonger in the White House, or are we going to have someone who will oppose the deep state, the military-industrial complex in this country? We read yesterday how the deep state is plotting to stop him. Yes. The people that make money from war. They're terrified that there's going to be somebody in the White House who will not go along with the plan. These are the people that gave us war in Iraq and Libya and Syria and Afghanistan. Afghanistan. They want to take out Iran. They want to take out Russia. They have a plan for total world domination of their their regime. It's not the United States of America. It's their regime. Yes. They don't love America. They, they love their regime. And Donald Trump is standing in the way of it. And I wish the man would acknowledge the presence of God in his life and call upon the name publicly, call upon the holy name of Jesus Christ. That's my prayer. I want to see him do it. But we are headed right now. We're on track for world war. It's underway right now. The question is, is it going to explode in a f- total nuclear Armageddon type of war? And we're on track for it. And we're going to see this here. Um, I'm going to skip over. I'll just show the headline. Jay Post, this is a Jerusalem Post. Iran says it shared intelligence on Mossad with Iraq. Uh, Iran is saying that the the site that they hit in Iraq was a secret Mossad post. Yes. Well, how did Mossad get inside Iraq? That, or you mean uh, you inside Pakistan? No, Iraq. 
Well, yes, they shared the intelligence no, on Mossad. No, they're saying the the site that Iran hit in Iraq oh, was I a Mossad intelligence post. But they also said the same thing about the Pakistan site, too. Right. So, so how are these Islamic countries suddenly allowing... Is it through the U.S.? Is it through the CIA? Is it through the Department of Defense? I mean, we, the U.S. has facilities in Iraq. Yes. And we have a pretty good partnership with Pakistan right now, too. And obviously with Israel. So is it like a Benghazi type of place? Top secret? Can't talk about it? What was Benghazi? It was a gun-running operation. They were running guns into Syria. Well, it the- makes sense. They, uh, you know, Iran hit in Syria, hit in Iraq, hit in Pakistan. That would, that would follow the pattern. Uh, I'll read this one uh, quote from this Jerusalem Post article. Uh, this is quoting a... Um, the foreign minister. The foreign minister, which I am not even going to attempt to say his name. Uh, he said this in, in Davos yesterday at, yes, at the World Economic Forum. Uh, he said, uh, An end to the genocide in Gaza will lead to an end of military actions and crisis in the region. Uh, the security of the Red Sea is tied to the developments in Gaza, and everyone will suffer if Israel's crimes in Gaza do not stop. He also said Tehran shared intelligence with Iraq about what it said were activities of the Israeli intelligence agency Mossad inside Iraq's Kurdish region. So the Kurds are Israel's cousins, remember? That's right. They are. I forgot about that. That would make it, yeah. We don't have time for a Bible study on that, but yeah, the Kurds and the Israelis are are related. Okay, uh, I want to go now to the Express in London. Pentagon insider warns we're on the brink of World War III after the latest Iran attack. Uh, This... uh, this insider is actually not a, an American, if, if it's the right, if it's the person I think it is. It says, uh, again, this is the, uh, the Express. A source inside the Pentagon has warned Daily Express that we are on the brink of a World War III amid surging conflicts in the Middle East sparked by Iran. Defense expert Nicholas Drummond echoed concerns that the conflict in the Middle East could potentially escalate, but warned that if Tehran directly attacked Israel, the ensuing war would be the end of, of Iran. He said, quote, Iran's agenda in the region and globally has been exposed, and Iran is on the back foot. The West is saying to Iran, behave yourself or we will attack you directly. Right. Who will attack directly? The West. The West, not Israel. The West, the United States and NATO, he's saying this, this Pentagon insider is saying the Western powers, that means NATO, has said to Iran, behave yourself or we will attack you directly. Last week, the Biden White House sent a private letter to Iran. Doc, that was the formal notification that war is pending. 
That's where a, a courier from the United States government goes to some, somebody in Iran in the government at the highest levels and says, this is a letter from the president of the United States. You've been served. You've been notified. Read the letter. Dear Alatola, <laughs> this is to notify you that if you look cross-eyed one more time, we're going to blow you up. So the White House has notified Iran. We're ready to attack. This Pentagon insider is saying, yes, they've been notified. His name is uh, Nicholas Drummond. He went on to say, I think, uh, oh, here, okay, here's his, here's his bio. Let's take a look at this. All right. Because he, I, I, to me, I don't think he is a, an American citizen. It appears from his, his bio that he is a, a citizen of the U.K., but he may be an American working in U.K. Um, but everything in his bio is related to Great Britain. Uh, a, a, you know, he's, a, he's, he's an advisor to the uh, House of Commons Defense Committee on Army Defense, so forth. So he's, he's, he's but the a, Daily Mail says he's at the Pentagon. Yes. So do you have a British defense official in the Pentagon? It's all one regime, Doc. It's one regime. The Five Eyes are one. It's the, the European-American ruling class is one. The Russians call them the collective West. So he went on to say, Iran's agenda in the region and globally has been exposed. Uh, the West has said, we're going to attack you directly. He went on, and then he said, I think it's highly possible that if Iran continues to act through proxies or to act directly that threatens Western interests, we could see military action taken against Iran, and that would be a major conflict in the Middle East. I think Iran has to be very, very careful. It has been playing a dangerous game, and it's about to get punished if it doesn't step back. Mr. Drummond said... You saw that Iran fired a missile into Syria. It, has, it was taking out rebel targets, but it was also demonstrating it has a missile capable, cap, it has a missile capable of reaching Israel yes. from Iran that could have a nuclear warhead. It could target Tel Aviv. That's the message Iran is sending. And, of course, if Iran did that, it would be the end of, of Iran, frankly. He said Iran is the biggest threat to world peace. So the way they're reading this in the Pentagon in Washington and in the Department, in the Ministry of Defense in London, is that Iran's firing these missiles. The real purpose is to say we can, we can hit Tel Aviv. Right. And we can load it with a nuke and eliminate Tel Aviv. That's how they're reading it. In the meantime, we're going to go ahead and strike Mossad and U.S. aligned targets in Syria, Iraq, and Pakistan. Doc, if they were Mossad targets, then Iran is saying to Israel, the fight is on. We're ready. We just took out your spy base. If, if these 
targets really were operated by Mossad. I have no way of knowing. But that's Iran's claim, especially that's their the claim. But and it, if they were Mossad bases operating in those countries, then Israel just said, I mean, Iran just said to Israel, the fight is on. We just hit your spy bases and we're ready to hit you directly. Mr. Drummond is saying that the West is telling Iran, we are prepared, we, the whole West, we are prepared to hit you directly and you will be wiped out. Because he's expecting an Iranian missile loaded with nukes to arrive in Tel Aviv. The fight is on, Doc. World yes. War III. We, we may not get to uh, the German war plan of 25. Yeah, that may get short-circuited by the uh, Iran plan. So, uh, We'll go down to um, number 12, another World War III article from the Express. World War III alert sparked as U.K. set to challenge four power houses within five years. We talked about this um, yesterday or, Russia, or Monday. China, North Korea, and Iran. Yes. Defense Minister Grant Schapp said the world is now in a pre-war phase. Ahead of a possible World War III. So we're at 1938-39 right now. If you're in the West. Yes. But Europe was already in World War III. Yes. Yeah. Austria, Germany. I mean, Yugoslavia, Hungary, all of those. Yes. They were fighting the Germans already. The Nazis had already started moving. So he's saying we are in a pre-war phase of World War III. Um, the most important thing is that your soul is saved. The reason I, I'm here is to make sure you've heard the gospel and to tell you that war is coming and your soul needs to be saved. I'm talking to people all over the world. You don't have to be an American. I'm talking to people in many, many nations. Jesus Christ is the only way to have salvation with Almighty God. You may be in another religion. You may have no religion. You may be an atheist or agnostic. I'm telling you that your Heavenly Father, your Maker, who gives you life and breath, who put a soul in your body, who formed you in your mother's womb, your Heavenly Father loves you and desires you to be saved. And the only way He can save your soul is for you to repent of your sins, believe that His Son, Jesus Christ, is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, that He was resurrected from the dead, that He is alive right now and is coming back. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and into his holy church. You need it. There's no other way for salvation. If you're in another religion, walk away from it. It's not, it can't save you. It cannot save you. If you have no religion, it can't save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you. That's the most important thing. Second most important thing is that you tell everybody whom you love what I just told you. And the third most important thing is do whatever you can do right now to physically prepare 
for World War III. Amen. I'm going to take a break. Um, got an announcement from American Reserves. I'll be back with some more news. The disciples asked Jesus about the end of the age. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you aren't troubled. For all this must happen, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, plagues, and earthquakes in many places. I'm Dr. Robert A. Schuler, and I'm on a mission to encourage Christian families to prepare for tough times. That's why I'm endorsing American Reserves. American Reserves can help you build a food storehouse like Joseph in Egypt. American Reserves offers emergency food packages for a month or full year, buckets of freeze-dried beef and chicken, assorted vegetables and fruits, and powdered eggs are ready for quick delivery. A panic can cause store shelves to be emptied in hours. Be wise. Be ready. Order food at AmericanReserves.com. Welcome back. And American Reserves is continuing the special promotion that they started last Friday. Uh, Side buckets. Side buckets are uh, beef and chicken, vegetables, fruit, uh, powdered eggs, and whey milk. If you buy any side bucket, you can get a second side bucket, any of the five, for 50% off. Right. You don't have to get a second one of the same one that you bought. You could get, you could buy a meat bucket and get a powdered egg bucket for 50% off. They're continuing this promotion until the end of this Sunday, midnight. 50% off on the second bucket, AmericanReserves.com. A couple more World War III items I want to talk to you about. Number uh, 12B, this is a Navasti. The statehood of Ukraine will soon be in question, Putin said. I saw this yesterday. Yes. And um, there was only one way I could interpret this. said, the counteroffensive of the armed forces of Ukraine failed. If this continues, the statehood of Ukraine will soon be in question, Vladimir Putin said at a meeting with the heads of city uh, governments in Russia, the head of state criticized the refusal of Ukraine uh, from participating in negotiations. According to him, if the Ukrainian authorities had made the right decision, everything would have ended long ago. And he's making reference back to the agreement that Russia and Ukraine made in Istanbul. Yes. That like the next day or two days later. It was all done because the West, they the, sent Boris the, Johnson out there and said, said you got to hey, go fight. Yeah. The West. There's no peace treaty. We're fighting. Now, before I tell you my my thoughts about this, I'll show you. uh, Mr. Medvedev posted on um, Telegram. Yes. And this is, uh, so here's the RT article. Ukrainian statehood poses mortal danger for its people. So it's Ukrainian statehood. Think about this. The, the, The nation of Ukraine is a mortal danger for its people since its very existence creates a 100% probability of a new conflict with Russia, said Medvedev. It doesn't matter who's in charge or or who's in control or anything. He's saying any Ukraine that's left, 
is a danger to Russia. He went on to say any Ukraine poses a threat regardless of its political regime or leadership. The presence of an independent state on historical Russian territories, he just took ownership of mm-hmm. Ukraine. Yes. Will now be a perpetual reason for the resumption of hostilities. It's too late. No matter who is at the helm of the cancerous growth under the name of Ukraine, this will not add legitimacy to the rule and the legitimacy of the country itself. So it truly is country 404 in his in his mind. Yes, country not found. So you, you've got Putin saying that uh, the statehood of Ukraine will soon be in question. And you have Medvedev saying... It doesn't matter who is running Ukraine. We're not going to accept anybody now. It's too late. There will be continuous conflicts with Ukraine now. What he's saying is we're going to eliminate Ukraine. This is what I'm hearing. Medvedev has for over a year or so used the term country 404. Page not found on the Internet. You go to a website Page not found. 404. Page not found. So Medvedev calls Ukraine country 404, meaning country not found. For a while, it seemed like a joke. What I'm hearing in this doc is that the Russians are now saying, oh, it's not going to be found. Right. When this war is over, there will be no Ukraine. And he said Ukraine was on historical Russian territory. Um, Khrushchev gave away Ukraine right, and created an independent country. What Medvedev is saying is, we're taking it back. What's her name? Uh, von der Leyen. Uh, Andrew Leyen. Yeah. The, 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 the head of the EU. She said that the European Union is fast-tracking EU membership for Ukraine this year. They're going to bring the EU, or they're going to bring Ukraine into the EU this year. She said it uh, Monday in Davos. So th- these comments from Putin and Medvedev came immediately after she said that in Europe, in Davos. So what the Russians are saying is you can say anything you want to in Davos about Ukraine joining the EU. There's not going to be a Ukraine. Doc, I think they're getting ready to crush them. That's how I'm reading this. That they, that the Russians now believe we have bled out the Ukrainians. We've bled out Europe, the United States. They don't have any more money. They don't have any more ammo. And they don't have any willpower. They don't That's have the willpower. And Ukraine's out of young men. They're sending 40, 50, 60-year-old men to the battlefield. Let's crush them. Let's not go. What I'm hearing is they're not going to the peace. They're not going to have. I think right now if the West said let's have peace talks, I think the Russians would. Thumb their nose at them. Yes. Well, I think they'd give them more than their nose. The Russians are mad. Medvedev said it's too late. It's too late. We're not going to have peace talks with you now. We're going to crush you. We're going to make sure you never come back. He said. No matter who is at the helm of this cancerous growth in the name of Ukraine, 
will not add legitimacy to their rule. See, we're not going to let the EU, the United States, Germany, anybody appoint a new government. Because you're just going to do the same thing. Right. Ten years from now, we're going to have another war. That's how I'm reading it. They're going to crush Ukraine. So we're in the war cycle. We're in World War Three. And how does the West respond if Russia really uses its military might? It hasn't used its military might no, yet. No, it hasn't. It's just been batting Ukraine around. It has not crushed them. They have... How many tanks does Russia have? 12,000. 12,000 tanks. The, the, the total of all the tanks in Europe. Ukraine had to borrow tanks from the West. Yes. And the German tanks are broke down. The ones that didn't get blown up are broke down. They can't get spare parts to them. They're hauling them out of museums, Rick. Yes. Museums. Yes. And the Russians are watching all this. The Russians have not used their heavy weaponry yet. I think they're getting ready to. How will the United States respond? How will NATO respond? I don't know, Doc. If they follow the build plan, then, then we're in, we're then in we are, th- we're thick. We're 24, 25 is all-out war with Russia. But that means we're fully invested in that. The, the United States is fully invested in that. Um, I know you want to show um, – this show number 20, uh, Doc found a video of a witch doctor. Um, <laughs> this is the World, World Economic Forum. Is it the same sham, shaman that we – is that the same one? I don't know if it's the same one or they not. They had a really. shaman there uh, in 2020. But this was featured in one of the main programs earlier today. She's putting a spell on the world leaders. Oh, wait, wait till you see the rest of it here. Uh, you're talking about putting a spell – they brought a shaman into the World Economic Forum and said, hey, do your sorcery, do your witchcraft. Yes. They, they wouldn't let a preacher come there and preach the gospel, but they would let a witch doctor cough on people. That's what and she's they go doing around right there. And, and, and kiss everybody. She's putting the hex on them. They're receiving it. She blew on him. I think the last person in that uh, forum there was Bill Gates. <laughs> the last thing he needs is another demon. <laughs> I don't know if he's got any room in his soul for any more demons. <laughs> They're going to get crowded in there. Uh, well, man, we got a lot more. I wish I wish we had another uh, a, another half hour. Uh, our, our schedule is loaded here with stuff. But we're going to take a break, and when we come back, what do we have on about the next? three minutes? We got about three minutes on the other side before we go into morning manna. Morning manna is powerful today. Don't miss this Bible lesson. We'll be back in a half half minute. Goodbye. You're listening to WWCR International Shortwave Radio. You can find True News on frequency 12.160 from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern and on frequency 4.840 from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Connect with us on Rumble, Facebook, X, and Getter. Welcome back. Got a couple of minutes before we get to... uh uh, morning, Manna. I'm trying to see what do we have here that we can show you in three minutes. I wanted to show you a Jamie Dimon comment. 
Uh, he said that uh, there are very powerful forces that will impact the U.S. economy in 24 and 25. Um, let's let's run it and then just fade out of it and we'll go into morning manna. OK, guys, go ahead, Lee. I think it's a mistake to assume that everything's hunky dory. And, you know, and when stock markets are up, it's kind of like this little drug we all feel like it's just great. You know, but remember, we've had so much fiscal monetary stimulation. So I'm a little more on the cautious side that we are facing a lot of things in 20 and 24 or 25. And you mentioned Ukraine, the terrorist activity in Israel, the Red Sea, quantitative tightening, which I still question if we understand exactly how that works. I don't think we do. How QE actually worked, what the effect of negative, you know, zero rates was for all this time. Uh, and obviously the politics and, you know, and then the Ukrainian war is affecting oil, gas, food, migration. So you have all these very powerful forces that are going to be affecting us in 24 and 25. So if I was the government, I would be preparing for what I'm going to do about that, assuming things aren't good. And I just also want to point out, I, I wish the Democrats would think a little more carefully when they talk about MAGA, you know, and you, if you travel this country, you know, and the country's unbelievable. We took our bus trip this year, and Leslie Picker was on Spokane and Boise and Bozeman. People are growing. They're hungry to grow. They're innovating. It's, it's everywhere. It's not just Silicon Valley. So we've got this great hand. But when people say MAGA, they're actually looking at people voting for Trump, and they think they're voting, and they're basically scapegoating them, that you are like him. Uh, and, but I don't think they're voting for Trump because of his family values. Now, if you look, just take a step back. Be honest. He was kind of right about NATO. Kind of right about immigration. Mm-hmm. He grew the economy quite well. China, Trade, China ta- virus. Tax reform worked. Mm-hmm. He was right about some of China. I don't, th- I don't like no, what he did. No, I said China virus. Yeah, I understand. When he, when he, yeah. he may have been right. He, he, and I don't like how he said things about Mexico. I don't like. But he wasn't wrong about some of these critical issues. And that's why they're voting for him. And, and I think people should be a little more respectful of our fellow citizens. And when you guys have people up here, you should always ask the why. Not like it's a binary thing. You're supporting right. Trump. You're not supporting Trump. It, it, Why are you supporting Trump? It's hard to Trump? hate 75 million of your fellow Americans. It's, I, I agree. It's done and, I mean, you know, it's, the it's, Democrats have done a pretty good job with the deplorables, not, hugging onto their Bibles and their beer and their guns. I mean, really, like, can, can we just stop that stuff? And actually... Are you concerned about this economic storm and how your IRA and 401k will fare during these turbulent times? Top experts are predicting now is the time to be protecting your assets with physical gold and silver. Find out why Genesis Gold Group is the number one recommended company by your favorite preppers and homestead channels. Receive Genesis Gold Group's free definitive gold guide today or give them a call at 800-200-GOLD. Let's pray to... Dear Gracious Father, our Heavenly Father, we pray in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We give you glory and honor and praise. We adore your name. We magnify you. We thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for life, for salvation. Thank you for bringing us into your family. Thank you for giving us your Son, Jesus, your Holy Spirit, the angels, Thank you for life, Father. Father, we humbly request the presence of the Holy Spirit in this Bible study to teach us, to illuminate our minds, to see Jesus more clearly, to see him lifted up, glorified, exalted, 
bring forth truth and revelation and bless your people, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, Doc. So Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. All right. So uh, I'm reading from the King James today. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Amen. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. The birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem can be summed up in one sentence spoken by Jesus in Jerusalem three decades later. Most likely he spoke those words on the last day of the feast. The location was the temple treasury or near the treasury. His audience was composed of the uh, common ordinary Jews gathered around him seeking truth and plus an assortment of high-minded Pharisees, scribes and other Jewish religious officials who were determined to prevent the Jews from finding the truth that Jesus was the Messiah. They knew it. Yes. The rulers knew it. They knew. They knew. And they, they worked day and night to prevent the Jewish people from seeing Jesus as the promised Messiah. So the, the ruling leaders of the temple were growing increasingly intolerant and hostile towards Jesus, the Messiah. And their contempt for Jesus oozed out of every word they spoke to him. So at that moment, in this in this particular instance, Jesus spoke of his Father in heaven. And the snarling religious rulers ask him, where is your father? Jesus replied that they, the Jewish rulers, neither knew him or his father. He told them that he would go away, that they would seek him, but they will die in their sin. The Jewish rulers wrongly interpreted Jesus' words as indica indicating that he was suicidal. Yes. Jesus replied with one sentence that sums up his birth in Bethlehem. Jesus looked at the Jewish rulers and said, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. That's found in John chapter 8, verse 23. Jesus is from above. He is not of this world. That sums up everything that happened in Bethlehem. Yes. A child from another world was born in Bethlehem. 
It says it all. He, he came from heaven and he returned to heaven. He shall come again. The next time he will bring heaven with him. Hallelujah. A new heaven. A new heaven. He will dwell on a new earth with everybody who believed he came from heaven the first time as God in human flesh to save them from their sins. That is the gospel truth. Amen. His home is heaven. Our home is earth. Jesus came to earth to reconcile us with heaven. The spiritual cable that connects our souls with our heavenly father was severed in the Garden of Eden by the first Adam's sin. Like a divine electrician, the last Adam reconnected that line. Amen. To allow us to once again have communication, connectivity with our maker. No priest, no bishop, no pope, no prophet, no prophetess, no guru, no pastor is needed for you to talk to God. You have a direct line to the throne in heaven. And your father is standing by waiting for your call. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. The birth of Jesus Christ is found only in the book of Matthew and the book of Luke. Now, critics, scoffers of the word of God point to the differences between the records of the two apostles as proof that the Bible is inaccurate. These scoffers do not see that Matthew and Luke each provided readers with unique facts about the same event. Right. Neither man attempted to tell the same story in detail. Let me rephrase. Neither man attempted to tell the story with the same details. Right. They had two different audiences. Yes. Same story, different details. We get the bigger picture by reading both accounts of the nativity. Luke wrote nothing about the wise men. Everything we know about the wise men is found in Matthew. Last year, I spent a lot of time researching non-biblical historical writings about the wise men. There's a lot of stuff out there in church uh, tradition. It's not in the Bible. These are records both from men and women in the church and people outside the church. For, for example, the great explorer Marco Polo wrote about the wise men. Uh, in, in one of his travels, I think... I think it was in Turkey, he said he came upon the hometown of the wise men. I don't have those notes in front of me, but I, if I recall, that's what he that's what he was he, he said. I remember you sharing um, that with me, yes. The marvelous thing 
about Matthew's record of the wise men is what he didn't tell us. I spent a lot of time last year researching what was written about the wise men. And I finally came to the place where I realized that the Holy Spirit was saying to me, none of this is important, Rick. It's interesting for you to know, but it's not important. The scant amount of details about those men leaves us with an aura of mystery. Right. Matthew did not tell us their names, their origins, their rank, their position, their journey's path, nor did he tell us their number. Right. We don't know. Uh, you know, uh, the tradition is that there were three wise men, but we really don't know how many there were, did, do we? We don't know. There's there's one uh, ancient church, perhaps, perhaps it's Syria. It's one of the ancient churches in the Middle East, um, and it could be the Ethiopian church. Uh, but they 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 teach that there were twelve. Well, where do we get three? Because of the three gifts, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. There were three gifts. Doesn't mean that there were three wise men. There could have been nine wise men, and they each three of them had gold, three had frankincense, three had myrrh. We don't know. These wise men appeared <clears throat> mysteriously. And just as quickly, mysteriously disappeared. Yes. Who were the wise men? What country did they come from? How many wise men knelt on their knees before the divine infant? What were their titles in their home country? Who what sent their, them? What were their names? Yes. Who financed their long journey? What happened to them after they returned home? Is it true that they were baptized into the church years later? Is it true that they built an altar to Jesus on their way home? My understanding, that altar is in, is in Iran. I, I've been told that you can go to Iran today, which at that time was Persia, and the the Iranians can take you to the place where they say the wise men built an altar here in honor of Jesus Christ. We don't know the, the answers to these questions, but religious legends have attempted to fill in the gaps. Sometimes less is more. Yes. Details were omitted so that we would focus our attention on the central figure in the story. And although writers and researchers over many years and centuries have tempted, have been tempted to, to delve deeply into the legends about the wise men and try to connect the dots and substantiate the theories about them, in the end, such labor is a vain waste of time. That was my conclusion last year after spending an enormous amount of time 
researching historical books about the wise men. Right. You know, a lot of people are familiar with that new uh, miniseries called The Chosen. And uh, uh, by the, uh, oh, I forget, Jenkins, I uh, can't remember his first name. Yes. Uh, but uh, I saw a clip online of their telling of the wise men and everything. And, of course, they were bringing in all the different traditions and everything. There were three, you know, and, and the whole the, the whole bailiwick on it. And so, yes. uh, but once well, again, it, it's, you know, the the supposedly the chosen is focusing on what the scripture says about it, but they brought in all these different traditions. I agree with you, Rick. Sometimes the less said, the better, because it yes. becomes a distraction to the main story. What was the story? Right. About? It was about the Christ child being born. That's, that's the Amen. story. It's not about how many Kings or how many warts they had or anything else. It's about Jesus being born. He's, He's the star of the show, right. yes. and everybody else are just supporting actors. Right. They don't get their name on the marquee. When you go to the movies, only the star's name is on the marquee. You don't see the supporting actors on the marquee. You know, you can go to uh, the German city of Cologne, and there's a Catholic cathedral there, and there supposedly are three uh, men buried there who are the wise men. And it's a long story. I studied the whole story of how their their bones were transported to, to Europe and buried at that church. <coughs> Tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people go there every year to, to see the tomb. The Holy Spirit chose not to reveal the names of the wise men. Just like, like this in the Bible. What were the names of the certain noblemen in Capernaum? And what was the name of his son who was sick? What was the name of Apostle Peter's mother-in-law whom Jesus healed? What was the name of the leper whom Jesus cleansed? The Bible does not tell us their names, nor does the Bible tell us the names of countless other people whose encounters with the Messiah were recorded for posterity. Right. It's just not important. The same is true about these mysterious wise men. But in a moment, I'm going to tell you why, what is important to know about these wise men. The Holy Spirit deemed it not necessary for us to know their names, their titles, their nationalities, their journey, how long they were on the journey, how much money they spent to get there. None of those details are important. These men briefly appeared on stage and quickly exited behind the curtain without the audience ever knowing their names. Right. They were actors in a great celestial drama. They read their lines and disappeared from the stage as quickly as they appeared on stage. The spotlight is always on 
the star of the show, our Lord Jesus Christ, from Genesis to the revelation of Jesus Christ, the apocalypse. The Holy Bible is about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. The entire Bible is about him. Yes. Even more. He is the Bible. He's the word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was made flesh. The word in the New Testament Greek manuscript for wise men is madai. It's the only Persian word in the New Testament scripture. So the Greek trans the, the Greek manuscript used a Persian word, magi. Magi were members of an ancient caste of men who were highly educated in the science of the universe, astronomy, uh, gifted in interpreting dreams, and they were advisors to kings. So who were the Magi from the East? Were they astronomers or astrologers? Were they philosophers or magicians? Were they from Babylon, Persia, India, or China? I believe they were astronomers, not astrologers. I believe they were philosophers, not magicians. A perversion of this word magi came later. We saw it in the uh, Acts of the Apostles. Right, Simon Magus. So, Yes, you had Kabbalah practicing Jews who called themselves magi. They were operating in witchcraft, in sorcery, in magic. They were astrologers. They called themselves magi. But they were not the Persian Magi's. The Persian Magi's were, and I believe they were from Persia, but again, it, we don't know. They came from the east. They could have been from India. We don't know. But the Persians had a caste of people who were known as Magi. And that's all we know. That's all we know. And the only details that we know is that they were men and they were wise. They traveled from somewhere east of Jerusalem, and they saw his star. The literal translation is that they followed his star in its rising. Yes. Matthew did not tell us much about the star. It's it's St. Luke who described the star's supernatural behavior. It led the Magi to Bethlehem. The star was active. The star was not stationary. The star was actively involved in leading the Magi to Bethlehem. Right. Bethlehem means the house of bread. It's David's birthplace. It's the city of David. Yes. So the infant born in the house of bread, the city of David, was the bread that came down from out of heaven, the, the true manna from God. 
to nourish our souls as we dwell on earth in this life, living under the Herods of this world. Various legends, as I said, tell us that there were three kings. The legend says that they they represented, they each represented one of the races of mankind that descended from Noah. That's the legend. It sure sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. All right, so we sing the Christmas carol. We three kings of Orient are. Bearing gifts, we traverse afar, field and fountain, moor and mountain, following yonder star. It's a nice hip, it's a nice Christmas carol. But we don't know anything about them. Again, the Holy Spirit purposely omitted such knowledge. Legend tells us their names. Gaspar, Melchior, Melchior. Uh, Balthazar, Balthazar, or Balthazar, Balthazar. That's the the church legends. Maybe those names are correct, but the Holy Spirit saw no need in identifying them in the Word of God. The story is about his son, not the humans who needed a Savior. Right, and legend is not inspired. That's right. It's the word it's of God fascinating. Is. I, I love reading these stories. I do. I, I, I'm fascinated reading, finding these old stories and gleaning information from them. But I can't say it's 100% true because it's not in the Bible. I don't know. Right. And, so, uh, and we, sometimes legends get invented around specific events, Okay. Uh, for instance, every Christmas there's the uh, little drummer boy story. Of course, that's yeah. not the Bible. That that never happened. And imagine, you know, uh, oh, come on, Doc, don't don't ruin my Christmas. <laughs> it wasn't a little drummer boy. Yeah, uh, you know, and you just gave birth to the Son of God. What's the first thing you want? A drum solo. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but th- that, but a lot of people would say that that would because they see it every year. And they associate it with the Christmas story. They assume that it's true. They assume that that comes yes. from the scripture when it's a totally made up story. And some of these stories are, are made up. Some, I believe some of the information is correct. However, like you said, uh, the, the scriptures did not go into detail about any of these things. What the focus was, was the birth of Christ himself and the supernatural events that led to pointing to Jesus Christ as the son of David, as the heir to the throne of uh, David. And that's, and that's what this passage is about, too, because Herod saw Jesus as a threat. And we'll be talking about that, I'm sure. So That's right. So, you know, you can go to Bethlehem. Doc and I have been there. You can go to the church, the church of the nativity built over the manger. Do we know 100% that it's the manger? No, we don't. How do we, why do we go there? Because think about it, 2,000 years ago. Because Constantine's mama said that's where it was. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Some pilgrims went to Bethlehem and said, 
where was Jesus born? And people said, over here, right here. This is where it happened, right here. A legend was, was created. Maybe it was accurate. We don't know. Um, but it's fascinating to study. So all these legends are fascinating. But in the final analysis, all we need to know is that the wise men represent the world's wisdom that is seeking infinite wisdom. That's what we need to know. The wise men represent the wisdom of this world seeking the wisdom of heaven. The seeking of the wise men. Their seeking souls yearn to find the source of wisdom and truth. The wise men, whether they were from Persia, Babylon, India, China, it doesn't matter. They represented the best of mankind's knowledge and understanding of the universe, the stars, the planets, the cycles, the meaning of life. Whether three or 12 in number, it doesn't matter. Collectively, they represented all of us from Adam to the last human born prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. They represent mankind yearning, struggling, grasping to find the source of life. Students of science were led by a supernatural star that yep. their scientific knowledge could not explain. And they were led to discover the Lord of science who was wrapped in swaddling clothing and sleeping in a wooden feed trough filled with straw. Educated men who studied stars were led by a star-like entity to the humble cradle of the God-man who made the stars. Yes. Wise men and women still seek him today. Those wise men were just the first of wise men. Through thousands of years, wise men and wise women sought the Lord to worship him. And you're one of them. Because if you didn't seek him, you'd be a fool. The fact that you sought him and found him proves that you're wise. You're one of the wise men. You're one of the wise women. The number of wise men have multiplied over 2,000 years. Amen. Glory. Verse 2. I've got more time. The wise men said, where is he who was born king of the Jews? Now think about we that. have seen his star. Not a star. His star. We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. The wise men ask, this is, they're in Jerusalem. Remember, they didn't show up at Bethlehem. They showed up in Jerusalem. Right. They didn't know about Bethlehem. They didn't know. They went to Jerusalem. 
and the star led them there. The star wasn't hanging over at Bethlehem yet. The star led them to Jerusalem. Yes. The star was leading them. The wise men went to Jerusalem and said, to, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? I guarantee you that question got attention. It did. According to verse 3, it caused quite oh, yes. a stir. Their question represents the inner longing of all humans to discover the mystical source of life. You have three men from the Orient asking the Jews in Jerusalem, where is he who is born your king? We've come to worship your king. Where is he? You can imagine the Jews looking around going, where? I don't know, what are you talking about? We don't have a king. we got Herod. So the, the Magi were educated heathens in possession of an abundance of worldly wisdom who were led by Almighty God to find the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And the creator used their scientific knowledge of the universe and their knowledge of ancient prophecies to bring them to the one who created the universe and spoke the prophecies. But their information was incomplete. They didn't know That's all right. of it. They didn't know, they didn't know all that, of it. They didn't know about Bethlehem yet. Uh, they just assumed that the king of the Jews would be in Jerusalem. That's, you know, and that's where the star led them, of course, too. Yes. But that seemed to be the natural place. Wouldn't the king be in Jerusalem? It, it, it made sense as far as human logic. So human wisdom and scientific knowledge are gifts from God. And all the wor although the world's wisdom and knowledge are incomplete, their purpose, the purpose of wisdom and knowledge is to eventually lead us to the source of all truth, the one who is more than truthful, the one who is truth. The world's religions and philosophies are populated with men and women who practice rituals and sacrifices that falsely promise to fulfill their inner craving to be reconciled with the supreme God of the universe. At the core of the religious expressions is the deep longing to find spiritual relief from the guilt of their sins, and to be reconciled with their maker. The Magi were pagans who were led by a mysterious light to find the light. And when they found him, the light was wrapped <laughs> in swaddling clothing. Some people... Some people pursue their desire to know the origin and meaning of life by joining esoteric religions. Others become scientists and devote their lives to discovering how life began or, or how to replicate creation through synthetic biology and technology. Others medicate their spiritual emptiness with liquor or drugs to soothe their souls. Many are the ways 
that men and women seek to know the answer to mankind's universal question, where can I find God? The whole world is asking that question. They're just asking it the wrong way. They're seeking the answer the wrong way. So the visitors from the East, the wise men, represent the best of mankind's wisdom and understanding, asking the question on behalf of all humanity, where is he? We see in the Magi the Spirit of the Lord moving them to the light because their souls sought it. When we encounter people in our modern lives who are studying New Age religions or reading books written by gurus and mystics, we must not criticize them or condemn them. We must recognize that it is a deep, unsatisfied inner desire in them to find the source and meaning of life that is at work inside their discontented souls. Right. The spiritual desire of humankind is to be reconciled to their maker. And it is answered only through the cradle and the cross. Yes. And so the glorious and that earthly wisdom, that human wisdom can only take you so far. Yes. At that point, you have to have something else. You have to have God speaking at that point. And that's what happens in in the next, you know, phase of this episode is they have an encounter with the word of God. They ask the question, where is he? And tragically, the scribes and the Pharisees, they knew the answer, but didn't believe. But the wise men, when they encountered the word of God, believed and went. Yes. God is always answering the question to men and women on earth. They, many of them don't accept the answer. It requires faith to accept the answer. As Doc Amen. and I often say, it's, it's, Jesus, he's just, it's just too simple, isn't it? Yes. We have to make God it tells them. God tells them, believe in my son, Jesus Christ, you shall live forever. And people go, it can't be that simple. Yeah, it's that simple. The glorious God-given mission assigned to each disciple of Jesus Christ is to lead lost souls first to the cradle, then to the cross. I think we make a mistake, Doc, in our uh, evangelization by omitting the cradle. Oh, the virgin birth is essential. The supernatural but birth most is sermon, But most sermons and most Bible studies are about the cross, and the cross is absolutely important. But we omit the cradle. Yeah, you're right. You have to teach the cradle before you can get to the cross. The cross won't make sense if you didn't tell them about the cradle. They will not understand the meaning of the cross if they don't grasp the wonder and majesty of the miraculous conception and birth of the God-man who died upon the cross to reconcile them to their Heavenly Father. So these wise men, depending on their 
country of origin and the mode of transportation. Did they walk? Did they ride camels? We don't know. The wise men most likely traveled, most estimates are four to 12 months to reach Jerusalem. The whole time they're following a star. A moving star. A moving star. They crossed deserts. They passed over or around tall mountains. They forded over rivers and creeks. They endured the scorching sun. They escaped sudden flash floods. They encountered bandits and wild beasts. They shivered in cold nights. They faced many more challenges. But no matter what obstacle or challenge that threatened to block, hinder, or end their journey, the wise men refused to give up. Why? Because their souls hungered to be satisfied by finding the one whom they were seeking. Yes. The quest to find the king of the Jews represents the journey of every man and woman on earth throughout our lifetimes. We toil, we struggle, we search, we pursue the meaning of life. And the overwhelming portion of humankind never finds it before they're placed in their graves. Right. Blessed are those who finally discover while still alive in this world, that the source and meaning of life is in, is embodied in one marvelous, amazing God man, whose name is Jesus. Where is he who was born King of the Jews? So we, we're assuming that they came from an upper caste of society in Persia, Babylon, the Orient, meaning they were well connected to kings and rulers. They possessed skills to interpret dreams. They were among the most educated people in the civilized world. They understood the stars, the planets, the comets in the sky. They were not ordinary travelers. Foreign travelers arrived in Jerusalem every day, but nobody paid attention to them. The Magi were different. They had a mystique about their elbow in Persian palaces. It's reasonable to assume that the Magi were accompanied by a large entourage of servants and guards. I don't believe they just traveled alone. No. This was a royal delegation. Here's why it's important. Their arrival and presence in Jerusalem made a scene. Everybody knew they had arrived. They didn't know who they were. But believe me, down at the market, everybody was talking about them. And they repeatedly asked the same question that no Jew in Jerusalem could ignore, nor answer. Where is he who was born king of the Jews? They didn't ask this question one time. They went throughout the city asking, where is the king of the Jews? Right. They were puzzled. They couldn't find anybody with the answer. They set Jerusalem ablaze with wild talk of something big happening in the city. A king had been born, not just a king, 
the king. So the gospel according to St. Matthew is a royal message about Jesus as the king of the world. And chapter 2 presents us with a sharp contrast between two kings. Yes. The man who called himself Herod the Great was a vile imposter, king of the Jews. Yes. The God-man, born in a humble livestock stall and placed in a wooden feed trough, was the true king of the Jews. Indeed, the true king of the entire world. Herod is mentioned nine times in the second chapter of Matthew. He was a usurper who had no legitimate claim to the throne of David. He called himself Herod the Great. But the only things that he did greatly were wickedness, cruelty, perversion. He was born in uh, Edomia, which is a region south of Judea, where the Edomites settled. Right. Antipater I was his father and the founder of the Herodian dynasty. Antipater was the son of Antipas, who was a powerful government official under the uh, Hasmonean kings, and later under Pompey the Great, when he conquered Judah. Antipater aligned himself with, with uh, Longinus against Mark Antony, following the assassination of Caesar. Herod's father died from poisoning. So Herod's father was an Edomite, a descendant of Esau, enemies of Israel. Herod's paternal grandmother was a Jew whose ancestor had converted to Judaism. So Herod was raised as a Jew. His mother was Cyprus a Nabataean princess from Petra, the city of Petra. Uh, Antipas' political skills made it possible for his son, Herod the Great, to rise to political power in Judea. Herod married a Hasmonean princess, and he used his political maneuvering skills to get the job of king of the Jews. So he's fake. He's an imposter. He had no legitimate right to rule over the Jews. His position and authority came from Rome. Yes. His fellow Jews despised him. They hated him. And he hated them. He was paranoid. He was isolated from the people. He feared that they would revolt against his tyrannical rulership. Listen to this. Herod was so deranged that upon his deathbed, he knew that nobody would cry at his funeral. Have you heard this story, Doc? Yes. <laughs> so Herod made arrangements before he died to have mourners at his funeral. Now listen to this sick. This is this is a historically documented story. Josephus According to... Eusebius, he ordered his sister, Salome, to arrest all the chief Jewish leaders, imprison them in the Hippodrome, 
and slaughter them on the day of his death. Why? Because he knew that Jerusalem's Jews would weep on the same day, which would be the day he died. Yes. Therefore, he would have mourners crying on the day that he died. That is a true story. But his sister, Salome, countermanded his insane order after he died and released the Jewish leaders from prison. So the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians were the three dominant ruling classes of Jews at the time Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And each group competed with the other group for authority, power, influence over Jerusalem and the Jewish population. The Pharisees and the Sadducees fought over theology. The Herodians fought for political power. Right. They were wealthy, secular Jews. We have the same class in America today. Their allegiance was to King Herod and the Roman state. So, in the nativity in Bethlehem, we have this astonishing contrast between two kings and two kingdoms. Herod was a pompous, lustful, violent, treacherous, selfish brute who lived luxuriously in his palace. He despised the people he governed. He showed them no mercy. But let's look at the other king. The infant king was born in the manger. And he grew up to be a man who taught his disciples that the way to greatness is through serving. He reminded the Jews that God desires mercy, not sacrifice. Herod the Great was clothed with the finest royal robes. The Christ child was born in a livestock stall, wrapped in swaddling clothing, slept his first night in a wooden feed trough for animals. Herod lived luxuriously from the money he kept for himself, derived from the oppressive taxation he imposed upon the people on behalf of Rome. Jesus' mother Mary and her husband Joseph were poor Jewish parents who worked hard to pay taxes to Caesar that Herod collected without pity on behalf of Rome. Right. Herod was the embodiment of humankind's worst traits. Jesus was then and is today the essence of the purity and goodness that Adam was meant to be in of Eden. Two kingdoms collided on the night Jesus was born. Herod represented the kingdoms of the world, the Christ child in the trough, represented the kingdom of God. Praise God. The clash between these two kingdoms has persisted for over 2,000 years. It continues today. Herod was the epitome of the governments of this world. Both kingdoms are still clashing today. When, whenever the Holy Spirit opens the spiritual eyes of a man, woman, or child, and they see clearly for the first time 
that Satan is an imposter father. And they have been living in a fake kingdom led by a false king. Those awakened souls must make a decision that will determine their eternal destiny. If they choose to remain under Herod's domination, their souls shall perish in the lake of fire. However, if they choose to surrender to the king born in a manger, they shall have the promise of eternal life with Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. With Jesus, when Jesus is born in their hearts, it shall be under the reign of Herod, the king of this world. Understand this. When you and I were born again, we were born again under the reign of Herod. Yes. A mo modern day Herods, they're here. Netanyahu is a Herod. Is he not insane? Is he not killing the children of Palestine? The Herods are still in the world. In this life, you and I will suffer tribulation and persecution from governments and powers and rulers of the dark world. The Herods in, in our lives will seek to snuff out the newly born Christ in our hearts before we can mature into strong disciples, just as Herod slaughtered all the male toddlers in Bethlehem. The clash between two kingdoms that began in Bethlehem on the night Jesus was born continues today. Amen. And there will be spiritual warfare, and it shall continue until the day Jesus Christ returns to earth to crush all the Herods of this world to crush all the Roman empires of this world and establish his kingdom on earth that shall have no end. I'll have to pick this up tomorrow. We'll continue in verse two before we move on to verse three tomorrow. I hope this is a blessing to you. Uh, I hope so too. Yes. Um, and just like the first Herod could not stop the arrival of the king of the Jews the first time, the modern-day Herods cannot stop the arrival of the king of the Jews as he comes again to retrieve his people. And so uh, we have that promise as well. Praise God. Yes. Well, uh, we appreciate everyone joining us today, nearly 400 people uh, joining us for our uh, live Bible study today. And uh, we have uh, 19 countries that dropped in on us today. So thank you very much for visiting here with us from around the world for this daily Bible study. And we encourage you to join us live each weekday morning, if you can, 8 a.m. Eastern. Uh, if you can't, you can always listen to the replay on Faith and Values. You can also listen to replays of our news program, True News, on Faith and Values as well. And so we encourage you to do that as well. And so, uh, well, Rick, we're uh, pushing the one-hour mark here today. Any okay. final words before uh, we uh, depart for uh, uh, today and get ready for the True News Godcast? Um, I want to ask you to pray for uh, John Mark on our Morning Manna uh, class. I, I had I had a private talk with him this morning. I hope. I hope John doesn't mind me. Uh, I'm not going to give the details. Would you just pray for him? He's he's uh, 
He's a mighty warrior for Christ. He's a mighty warrior for Christ. But the enemy is targeting him uh, with uh, spiritual oppression. And he's really fighting it for the past couple of weeks. Um, Doc, I'll give you the details later, but he's 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 being targeted by this uh, pray to break. Uh, there's witchcraft being used against him. There's voodoo being used against him. Pray that this spiritual attack against him uh, will end. And I've, I've, I've experienced it in my own life in the past. I know. I know what it feels like. I've been under attack by witches and warlocks and shamans in the past, and uh, he's 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 under he's enduring it right now. Amen. But he's a mighty warrior for Christ. He's led a lot of people to the Lord, and that's that's what it's all about. He's the enemy is targeting him right now. So pray for John Mark to be delivered uh, from from this oppression. All right. Praise Doc, God. I'll see you in a little. Little bit. I'll head up the bureau pretty soon. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you. We love you very, very much. Join us on the next edition of Morning Manna. God bless you. Okay. So while Morning Manna was uh, playing, I was in my office and I was uh, following today's events at at World Economic Forum in Davos. And uh, so Sam Altman, the AI genius, he told the World Economic Forum today that AI is evolving at a rapid rate and very soon it's going to start making people feel uncomfortable. Hmm. As if it hasn't already. Right. So he didn't explain it. He also talked about uh, how AI, they were working to make sure that uh, um, disinformation about the elections. Yes, I, re- would, I read that. That AI would play a role, Doc, in the elections to, to filter out disinformation. disinformation. So uh, just giving you a heads up. I'm, I'm following uh, the World Economic Forum. I'll and they'd lifted the military ban on yes. using AI for yes. military purposes. Well, Israel's using it. Yeah. Everybody now, now I mean, AI's been running the Gaza war. Choosing the building is going to blow up. So we'll, um, we'll devote a lot of time tomorrow, uh, unless something really big happens in the Middle East. But we'll, we'll spend a lot of time tomorrow talking about World Economic Forum. I have been following it every day and watching the video uh, feeds coming out of Davos. Um, it's a good place to, to know what the globalists are thinking. Yes. And um, they're talking about uh, pandemics and... Rebuilding trust. Rebuilding trust, yes. There is a... You, you have to go there to see it, to know what it's like. And Doc and I were there twice. Uh, we can speak with some credibility. Hey, got to run. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow on True News. You're listening to WWCR International Shortwave Radio. You can find True News on frequency 12.160 from 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern and on frequency 4.840 from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern. Connect with us on Rumble, Facebook, X, and Getter.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.